0: Hey friends, I hope you're all staying safe and healthy, and I hope you're taking care of yourselves and the people and pets that are important to you. If you're listening to this podcast in the hope that I'll be discussing the Super Bowl that took place this past weekend, you've come to the wrong place. Look, I've got nothing against sports. I I appreciate and understand that televised professional athletics bring people together. I'm a fan of exercise. I'm, I'm at the gym at least five mornings a week. I have two cousins whom I love very much who are making their careers around health and fitness. I I respect it. But the discussion of professional televised sports has no place on the People Are the Enemy podcast. No! On this podcast, music is our sports. On this podcast, literature is our sports. On this podcast, foreign films are our sports. Do you like foreign films? This past weekend, I I introduced a friend to Fellini's Eight and a Half. This friend is a movie buff, and he had never seen a Fellini film. Now, I don't know if Eight and a Half was the right one to start with. I'm pretty sure Armor Chord was the first Fellini I saw. Regardless, Eight and a Half is a movie I've loved for a long time, and it's one I've been watching and rewatching lately, if only because it brings me comfort for whatever reason. I love the idea of a creative person in crisis in Eight and a Half. Marcello Mastroianni plays a film director named Guido, who's trying to pull together a cast and a script for a science fiction movie. And he's got all these people offering suggestions on who he should cast. And meanwhile, he's cheating on his wife, and his marriage is crumbling. And of course, as is one of the signatures of Fellini's work, there are these surreal dream-like moments in which reality is temporarily thrown out the window, and a character flies like a bird. Or or the dead come back to life. Fellini was a master auteur, man. It was Brian Eno who famously said, In art you can crash a plane and walk away from it. So true. Uh, That goes for all art. Painting, music, fiction. And speaking of fiction, and those already familiar with this podcast will know where I'm going with this. Yes, friends, while there are no ads on People Are the Enemy, and there's no Patreon set up for it, I want you to remember that I am a published novelist with eight books currently available for purchase worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find most of my novels in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. So if you love this podcast and you love a great story, or you just want to help support this show and myself monetarily, please consider purchasing one or two of my books. As always, If you've already purchased any or all of my novels, thank you so, so much. I sincerely appreciate your patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. People Are The Enemy listeners. This is episode 159 of the People Are The Enemy podcast. Thank you for checking it out. I sincerely appreciate it. It's good to see you. You're looking well. How was your week? I got beat up this week. Oh, no, not literally. I don't want you to think anybody took a swipe at me or anything like that. Although that might have been an improvement given what I went through this week. My goodness, have I got some stories to tell you. Well, first of all, I should I should reiterate, I'm on the lookout for uh, unemployment. So if... If you know a full-time opportunity that you think I might be a good fit for, regardless of where it is, look, you could do jobs remotely now, uh, especially given our circumstances, so please feel free to reach out to me uh, via uh, via social media. I'm on Twitter, at Andy Mascola. You can also reach me via email, Mascola at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out. Anyway, let me start at the beginning of the week and tell you, tell you how I got uh, beat up pretty good by life this week. Well, Monday morning... 14 degrees, very cold, obviously. For, that's Fahrenheit, ladies and gentlemen, for those uh, those wondering. 14 degrees here in New England. I'm in southern New Hampshire, and of course, uh, I've mentioned we have a dog, uh, and uh, the dog needs to go out in the morning, just like uh, just like all uh, living creatures, I suppose, who wake up after a long sleep. They need to to do uh, uh, um, uh, do their business, so to speak, right? And of course, our dog does does her business in the backyard. Well. Well, I I got on my boots, and uh, mind you, I'm wearing uh, at this point, uh, again, around 7 a.m., I'm wearing pajama pants and I'm wearing a a sweatshirt, and I'm wearing, uh, I put on these boots in order to take the dog out into the backyard in order to do her business. Well, I, I slide open the door and i walk out with the dog and normally i do this i i don't even i don't even have the dog you know i'm not holding her i don't have her collar in my hand i don't even have my hand on her i just walk out with her and i i take the lead which is a uh, a metal clip if you can picture that on like a little spring device uh, on a on a wire that uh, that goes out to a to a screw that's screwed into the ground and i i attach it to her collar and then she goes out into the backyard and and does her business well, well, this time she just walked right out into the backyard. And I followed her, and uh, she immediately started walking away. And I said, hey, Lola, where are you going? And I, I, grabbed a, I grabbed a ball. And uh, this, was, this was helpful, if only because I, I threw the ball once, and, and she came and she got it, and she brought it toward me, and then kind of dropped it in front of me, and then, and then I didn't get a chance to grab her in time, so I threw the ball again. And this time, she didn't bother to get it. And instead, she kept walking, and she walked out into the street. Yes, now mind you, it's early in the morning, it's freezing out. My dog is in the middle of the street, and I am in boots and pajama pants and a sweatshirt. Well, I say, oh shoot, I gotta get the dog. So I run back into the house, and I grab the leash. And the leash is on, uh, mind you, one of these... um, kind of retracting leashes, so it's, it's uh, you know, you, you pull it out almost like a tape measure, if you can picture that, and it's, of course, got a clip on the end of it. So I grab the, the leash, and uh, I proceed to go try to get my dog, what I think will be easy. Well, it's not easy. The dog sees me coming, and she runs to the end of the street. And, of course, I'm running after her, and I've got the leash in my hand, and it's freezing out. And the closer I get to the dog, the further she runs away. And she's running, and she's maybe between fifteen and twenty, sometimes 25 feet away from me. And now we're running down the uh, the street that that leads out of our association. We live in a house association and uh and cars are are going by, not too many, mind you, it's not that busy. But uh, here I am calling to my dog and trying to get her back and trying to get her on this leash. And the the more I, the closer I get to her, the more I run toward her, the the further she runs away. Well, this continues on. And now it's now about a, a city block away from the house. And we're almost to the end of our neighborhood where there's a very busy two lane road anyway i i I am at this point nervous because we're getting closer to this two-lane road where there is very busy traffic passing on uh going both ways and i run after lola and she's wearing a sweater fortunately I'd, i'd had the sense to put a sweater on her before she went out because again it was so cold and i'm calling to her and i run toward her at one point i'm so close And I dive, and I try to grab her with both hands, and my hands land on the sweater, but I'm not quick enough to grip the sweater, and I fall, literally, onto my side in the snow. And I get up, and she continues to run. Now, she's in the middle of this busy two-lane street, and there is commuter traffic coming from both sides. And at this point, I'm about I'm about 20 minutes away from my house, a 20-minute walk away from my house. Yes, this is happening. And it's very surreal. And, of course, this dog is in the middle of the street. And here I am, a disheveled mess, of course, because I've just fallen in the snow. I'm wearing, again, boots, pajama pants, and a sweatshirt. And that's it. And I've got got the, the leash in my hand. And of course, again, I, it's first thing in the morning. I haven't, I haven't showered. I haven't done anything. I haven't even had coffee yet, and, and the traffic is all slowing down for this, this cute little black dog in a pink sweater walking, uh, meandering here, here and there in the middle of a busy two-lane street. This is happening, and I'm just like, oh my god! Like I can't believe this is happening. Well, I'm, you know, just sitting here retelling the story. And believe me, I've told the story a ton of times since Monday, at least once a day to anybody who will listen, because, I mean, it's a good story, and I'm telling you now, but I'm just reliving it while I'm while I'm saying it here, and it's just like, I still can't believe this happened. I'm literally holding my hands to my forehead right now and closing my eyes while I'm telling you, because I am in such disbelief that this occurred. So again, here's the traffic slowing down on both sides of the road, and people are opening their car doors, they're trying to get the dog, there's a guy in a truck who looks like a, uh, telephone worker stops, literally stops the truck, puts on like the lights on top of the truck. He gets out, he's in like a, a green neon like worker's vest and he is trying to help me get my dog. Now I'm gonna tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, if this is at all heartening to you because it was heartening to me. Not one of these people, not one of these people who slowed down most stopping to help me get my dog, not one of them honked their horns in frustration or impatience or annoyance they all tried to help me i mean that was sweet right really sweet i couldn't believe it and of course i'm walking through the traffic trying to get the dog in again as close the closer i get to the dog the more she's walking in and out but in between these cars and cars are now slowly starting to to drive again and the dog is is now on the sidewalk and i'm chasing her and i can't get her in. i'm waving to to the traffic as if to say I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This has messed up your day. <laughs> You're obviously trying to get to a job, and you didn't ex- or somewhere important at this hour in the morning, and you didn't expect to see this lunatic chasing his 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 cute little dog in the middle of the street. I- I'm so so sorry. Well, Lola turns into a neighborhood, and it's a residential neighborhood. Unfortunately, it's not a busy residential neighborhood at this hour, and she's going down this residential neighborhood. It's fairly new, probably three or four years old. All these houses are new. Um, cars are, are still, every now and again, a car will go down there and they will try to help me. Car coming down the street, but otherwise, it's a very quiet neighborhood. And I am just running, again, in boots, in 14 degree weather, wearing pajama pants and a sweatshirt. And the dog is now maybe 25 to 30 feet ahead of me, and she she will not stop. Probably more, probably more. I'm thinking about it now. Like, you know, don't think about 25 feet, probably more. Maybe, maybe, maybe at this point, 35 feet, 40 feet ahead of me. And I get this idea to stop and just lay down in the middle of the street. Now you might say, why the hell would you do that, Andy? But I'll tell you why. It's because when I'm home, uh, sometimes I'll lay down on the living room floor and the dog will come over and lick my head as if to say, are you okay? What's going on? You know? And uh, so I think like, well, maybe if I lay down in the middle of the street, and of course I'm exhausted because I'm, I've been running, and and now I'm, I'm I'm over a half hour away from my home, I, uh, I just stop and I lay down in the middle of this residential neighborhood, like right in the middle of the street, on my back. And I'm tilting my head back and looking at the dog upside down, if you can picture that. So I've got, you know... I I can see the dog, and I'm looking at her upside down, and she stopped, but she's not coming toward me to lick my forehead and comfort me like she does in the living room. She's kind of just standing there watching, like, I think you're faking, and I'm just going to hang out here and see if, in fact, you are faking. And, of course, she was right. After about, you know, uh, 25, 30 seconds of me laying in the middle of, of this cold, cold street in 14-degree weather... At 7 whatever it was a.m. in the morning I thought to myself I can't continue to do this somebody is going to look out their window and they're going to call an ambulance or the police because they'll think a man has had a stroke or God forbid a heart attack and and is dead in the middle of the street so I pick myself up and I keep running toward Lola and of course she sees that oh he was faking and she continues to run and she runs around a corner at one point, I think she sat down because she got tired but uh, but as soon as I got close again, she started running again suddenly, uh we round this corner, and out of this white house, a woman comes and she's wearing uh she's older than myself looks a little bit older uh she's wearing what looks like uh a pink uh sweatsuit like pink uh, um, sweatpants and a a pink zip up uh sweat sweat jacket you know like a uh um like a like a runner's um suit, you know what I'm saying, and she's standing in her doorway and she obviously sees what's happening, and she says you what you need is a hot dog, do you have a hot dog and, and I'm like no no, I don't have a hot dog, I want to say what what do you look at me you know but I just instead i say no i I don't have a hot dog uh, do you have a hot dog and she says, I don't have a hot dog, but I have ham and she goes and disappears inside her house and I'm standing there in the street and Lola's standing there, you know, uh, uh, again about 20 25 feet away from me, watching me and this woman have this conversation. And the woman comes back with a slice of deli ham, like rolled up ham. And she comes out into the street and stands next to me. And and I said I said, "Why don't why don't we make it look like I'm eating this ham because th- that way the dog will think it's will know it's food because I don't I don't know if the dog can tell from where she is. So I pretend to eat the ham. You know, I'm kind of touching it and then touching my mouth and say, oh, oh, it's so delicious. And then Lola, of course, is curious. So she starts to come over. And this woman squats down and she starts throwing, you know, tearing off little pieces of this ham from this slice of ham and throwing it toward the dog. And the dog is eating the ham and she's getting braver you know, a little bit braver, a little bit braver, and I'm sitting there, I'm squatting next to this woman, I'm still holding the leash in my hand, and I'm watching this woman uh, coax my dog toward us in the middle of the street. Fortunately, no cars are coming in either direction. And we're standing there, squatting there, rather, in the middle of the street, and the dog is is getting a little bit braver, and she's throwing the ham, you know, a little bit closer, and Lola is still kind of trepidatious. She thinks something's up. She's right, it is. But eventually, the woman gets Lola so close, and she puts her hand out, and she just touches the side of Lola's face. And then as she, she moves her hand a little further down the neck of the dog, and she grips the collar, and she's got her. Thank God. I uh, I take the leash, and I attach it to Lola's collar, and I stand up, and I say, thank you so, so much. I sincerely appreciate what you did there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You don't know... I said, I live down, I live, you know, 45 minutes away from here. I've been running. And she says, Oh my God. She said, Can I give you a ride home? And I said, No, please. I said, You've done enough. Thank you so, so much. I, 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 I honest to God, you're, you're a hero right now. And uh, I, I can't thank you enough for helping me get my dog. I don't know what I would have done had you not been here. But thank you for the offer. I, I, I'm going to walk the dog home. I, it's not an issue. She says, oh, no problem, no problem at all. And I said, my name is Andy. And she says, my name is Dottie. And I said, thank you, Dottie. I really appreciate it. Well, Dottie was a hero that day. Dottie was, I still owe Dottie something. I've got to i have got to come up with something for this woman um, to thank her for, for this great deed she did, this um, helping me out. What a morning. Anyway, I walked the dog, I started to walk the dog home. And I'm walking through this residential neighborhood and I'm i am at once relieved and also kind of still furious with my dog you know and of course i'm not a i'm not a horrible man i'm not a i'm not an abusive owner i i love this dog and more than anything i'm just thankful that she wasn't hit by a car uh, or worse you know i mean, i don't know what could be worse than getting hit by a car but i suppose i suppose you know she if she kept running and, and disappeared and never came back that would be worse right but i'm uh, i i'm so i'm at once relieved and also still frustrated and freezing cold. And we're walking back through this residential neighborhood. And the dog, the dog the dog, goes up on somebody's lawn and has ham diarrhea on somebody's lawn while we're on our way home. And I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding? Are you kidding me right now? I have no poop bags on me. And fortunately, it wasn't a lot. But I could tell it was she obviously did not digest the ham. We don't give this dog table food. So I'm sure her system was like, "What the hell?" And and there it was, and I was just exhausted and I had my dog and there was a pool of of dog ham diarrhea and I just I just said, "I I don't know what to do." So I just kicked snow over it, covered it up completely and walked the dog home. I know, I know it's bad. I shouldn't have I, I i should have been better prepared but come on given the circumstances what would you do i mean if you'd <laughs> you know what i mean holy crap holy crap literally so i walk the dog all the way home again it's about 40 45 minutes away i i get back to the front door and i'm ringing the bell like crazy to to, to and knocking like crazy to have somebody let us in the dog and i are standing outside the house if, after about after about five minutes, uh, my wife come down comes down and opens the door and says, "I was upstairs, uh, just getting changed. I couldn't come down." And I said, "Oh," and I said, "You wouldn't believe what happened." And and my wife, who was home, and my daughter, both home, had no idea what I'd been through. They they had no idea. And of course, I relayed the whole story. My gosh, what a morning! Oh my gosh. Whew. Now that wasn't even that was even the the only story I had to tell you, and and I'm, we're twenty minutes into this podcast, of it. so I'm going to tell you this other story. Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, I had I had a job interview, second job interview. It went very well, and I'm still waiting to hear back from it, but uh, but it did go well. Thursday morning. I'm sitting at the kitchen table with my legs up, and I have a laptop in front of me, and uh, I'm working, meaning looking for full-time employment, and I sneeze. And when I sneeze, and this is the first time this has ever happened to me, I feel a pop in my side, and it's immediately excruciatingly painful, and I my head jerks so fast and hard that my glasses fly off my face across the kitchen table and i'm just holding my side and i'm like oh my god what was that what the hell was that and i'm freaked out and i'm in excruciating pain on my my left side again all i, I don't know how else to describe it i sneezed there was a pop and now it's just excruciatingly painful so I, 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 I gather my glasses, and the dog comes running over to me as if, what's to say, what the hell happened? And exactly what the hell happened, I don't even know. And so I start, I make the stupid mistake of immediately looking this up on, on the internet. And of course, there's things like uh, ruptured spleen. <laughs> there's like fractured ribs. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm terrifying myself. And I said, Andy, just hang on. This is a sneeze. You didn't, you know, it's it's not like it's not like somebody came along and stabbed you in, in the side with a knife. You just sneezed. You couldn't have done these things to yourself. Take a moment here and 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 call call somebody you know who may be able to give you advice on what just happened to you. So I call my aunt, and my aunt who is a physical therapist. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, of course she's she helps people through a, a ton of different injuries and and rehabilitation, so she'll know exactly what happened. So I I call my aunt. And uh, my aunt is wonderful. She says, first of all, Andy, it sounds like you just pulled a muscle. And I said, does this happen? Do people sneeze and pull muscles? She said, Andy, it happens all the time. She says, what you need to do is get a, a cold compress. You get like an ice pack and you want to put the ice on it for 20 minutes at a whack. So 20 minutes on and then put it back in the freezer. Then put it on for 20 minutes and then put it back in the freezer. And I said, should I do hot too? She said, no, just do the cold. 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off. And then you want to take NSAIDs. And I said, "Oh, you mean like Advil?" She said, "Yeah, Advil, Aleve. You want to keep those going, and you just want to rest. Don't do too much." I said, "Thank you, thank you so so much." And uh, so I I do immediately I uh, begin to do immediately what my aunt suggested. I I, I take I take NSAIDs. Uh, I I think I took two Aleve to start, and I had I found a belt and an ice pack, and I I literally like strapped this ice pack around my torso, right on my side where where the, the popping was in inside and where the pain was. And I'm doing this for twenty minutes out of whack and I'm still going about my day and I'm still can't believe that I just sneezed and injured myself as badly as I did any you know, it and it's painful, and it's painful all day. And then, literally, like if I move or bend down a little bit, it it hurts. Fortunately, like when I breathe in, I was okay. My biggest fear was that, like, shoot, what if I what if I have trouble breathing? No, nothing like that. Fortunately, I could breathe deeply, and uh, there wasn't any kind of um, pain. But uh, that was that was that was the rest of my afternoon, and uh, and I went to bed that night with it, and uh, it wasn't too bad in bed uh, in, until about six a.m when it was just spasming and just just like literally like like a a muscle spasm if you've ever had one it's basically like the muscle feels like it's contracting uh and it's it's causing you tremendous pain and that's exactly what was happening in my side to the point where it was like i was jerking around in bed because the muscle spasming was so awful and so excruciating this is the very next morning and I just, I just immediately, uh, began doing again what my aunt suggested, putting the ice pack on it. I took the NSAIDs, I just thought to myself, I've got to get through the day. I've got a lot of things to do and, uh, and, um, I better just take it easy on myself. So basically that's what I did. And, and fortunately, when I got up Saturday morning, uh, it was, it was like, a, like, I, I, I won't say that it wasn't, was like nothing happened, but the pain had, had had subsided so substantially that i didn't even need i didn't even need any kind of advil or a leave or anything and i i didn't even need to ice it down it was it was as if maybe something whatever popped out popped back in i don't know i still don't know it was just the strangest damn thing but hell of a week for me anyway that's uh those are my stories for you guys so i i had a a wild week you know monday chasing the dog a Thursday having a, you know, sneezing and, and, and pulling a muscle that uh, basically incapacitated me for for a good 24 hours, uh, m- maybe a little bit more. I hope you guys had a good week. Look, if you watched the Super Bowl, I hope you loved it. I hope it was a fantastic time. Not for me. I'll, I'll stick with the Fellini movies. Anyway, you guys, I hope you have a great week. This has been episode 159 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. We love you. Peace.